Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, welcome back, people of the internet, to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. I'm Andrew. And in today's episode, we got a little bit of a variety pack. So we've got Sony's new lineup of gaming peripherals that, I'm just going to say it, looks like it's targeted for the PS5, but it's for a bunch of other stuff, too. <laughs> yeah. um, but we also have an EV to talk about, not just Tesla, but a new one from Hyundai, which looks really interesting. Uh, and we're also going to talk autopilot, enhanced autopilot, maybe what the differences are and why they're so... Odd. Why they're charging differently now. Yeah, yeah. But first, let's talk about this new Hyundai Ionic 6 reveal. I actually saw uh, an Ionic 5 today on the way to the studio. Yeah. Uh, it had a student driver sticker on the back. That's weird. And that to me said, uh, oh, wow, this is a person who will probably never drive a combustion engine car. That's, it's an interesting point. I don't know, like, student driver cars, they're usually the ones doing, like, the tests and before your permit. Are those owned by the people Drive like giving mm. the test, or is it owned by the company doing it, or are you? If it I has the, it's a sticker that was on. It, it was a sticker on the back. I think it can be. It can be a company that just teaches people to drive, pe- teaches permit drivers how to pass the license okay. test, or just teaches first time drivers. It how makes to drive. sense to do EV there just for gas because they're not making the student driver pay for the gas. Yeah. Um, but at the other hand, if you're then going to an ICE engine afterwards, that's a little strange. I guess it's not that different. You just. Instead of driving an automatic, it's just a smooth automatic because there's only one gear. You know, basically the same thing. It was way more torque. Yeah, Yeah, way more torque, a little faster. Yeah. Uh, Cool. Um, I think this is really neat. Um, And I think looking at it at first, it's pretty unique. Um, I want to say the first thing here with the naming, I have nothing against the Ionic 6, but the fact that it is a bigger number for a smaller car is really confusing. The whole time I was typing this outline, I was calling it the five and then assuming the five was the six. So it's kind of like what Polestar did too, right? They have uh, the Polestar 2 and then the Polestar 3 that got goes, bigger. Yes. And then the Polestar 4 is like a car again, so it'll yeah. be smaller. So I don't know. Maybe they could have separated into naming. different lines. Why would anyone do logical naming? It doesn't. Make I guess sense. this is just a, a TikTok sort of uh, evolution, meaning like TikTok. You know what I mean? You know? Not like not like TikTok, uh, but like small jump to the five. So it looks pretty jump cool. To the, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a cool. No, I actually like it. Okay, I retweeted I, it saying yeah. the Ionic Six kind of looks like an Apple Magic Mouse, which is kind of funny. But it there does. were some other um, interpretations that I liked of what it looks like. A lot of people seem to be seeing Porsche in this. Yes. Do you see Porsche? In okay, this? I. I wanted to describe it as something which is going to make it sound mean, but uh, it's not mean because I do like how this looks. I was calling it a wish.com Porsche because it's (laughs) like, it looks, it has that same styling, especially the back. The back is very similar with that like kind of uh, spoiler on the back of it and then like the bar lighting. And then the front of it has this similar kind of curve up on the front, 
where the headlights kind of curve up. Yeah. But it's like sunk down a little where if this was in a Porsche lot, you would be like, immediately you wouldn't think it looks out of place, but then you would see it and be like, something's just like a little different you there. You do a double like, take. It's like a bootleg version right, in right. the parking lot. But I, those I are like great it. cars. Like, so if you look kind of like that, that's good. That's not bad. Yeah. yeah. I. That's actually funny to me when I see the side profile. So it's a very sleek car. It's the most aerodynamic car uh, to go into production, tied for the Lucid Air with a drag coefficient of 0.21. Mm-hmm. Um, beats a lot of other cars. It's so sleek and low profile. To me, it actually looks just like, remember the Maybach? Maybach? You're talking about how it's like curved, almost like a Super long dome. profile, yeah. yeah. It looks like a Maybach with a little spoiler on the end of it. But I like what Hyundai, or what they've been, am I saying Hyundai right? Okay, wait, wait. I, I looked this up because we last time we mentioned this, people said we were saying it wrong. And of course we are. There are a lot of ways you can pronounce it. To be fair, Hyundai is like how it is just pronounced in the US from their own marketing. Like mm-hmm. the commercials we have listened to our entire life. This is hilarious. Keep Hyundai. going. Hyundai. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, I looked it up. In Korean, it's like pretty hard to pronounce if you don't speak Korean. It is a Makes Korean sense. car. Korean company. I think it was like Hyundai. Mm-hmm. But, but nobody not, says it look like it up. That. If you're wondering, look it up. We're gonna call it Hyundai, right? Because that's how we grew up with it, and that's how it's. They call it here. Can I just use that exact same logic to defend Maybach? I was gonna say you just <laughs> said that, and I was like, that's another thing my, we've been told that we were it's, wrong on. It's definitely Maybach. But if you just finished listening to a Rick Ross song, you can say Maybach, because I I did. I don't get that. Reference. It's how he says it in his songs. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, the Ionic <laughs> 6, it's a unique looking EV. I guess my questions when I see this, it's like, okay, I really like what Hyundai's been doing. I see a Hyundai behind me on the highway and I'm like, whoever's doing their headlights, shout out to them. Oh, they have some I cool, like their lights. They're they're having fun with it. Yeah, they're unique and they're not afraid to try new stuff. Yeah, the Santa Cruz has, and some of their other SUVs has like that crazy grill where the lights almost blend into it. Like a V shape. Yeah. Then didn't they do the, was it the Elantra where the headlights almost continued up the front trunk like yeah. seam yeah. and like glowed up to that. They're, the they're having lights, fun for the sure. Daytime running lights are going crazy. Yeah. So when I see a new Hyundai car, I already like the aesthetic. I'm curious about, well, it's an EV. So price, mm-hmm. range, and charging speed. Yeah. Mainly those three things. I think it's pretty safe to say the like base of this is probably going to be insanely similar, if not exactly the same as the Ionic 5, okay. right? It's not that the Ionic Five is a taller car and a, like an SUV, but mm-hmm. overall it's pretty similar. For reference, that's about forty-five grand and Four, has about a three hundred mile range. Starting at yeah, starting at forty-four, three hundred, three mile range. Um, it has it's some of the best charging uh, yeah. in terms of speeds. Is so it's like it's great. I think it's one of the best deals for an EV out there, pending. Uh, car dealership markups. Of course. You know what, but like we, I think we have to look at it at MSRP because that's the only way to stay sane. And hopefully (laughs) will be sold at, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so I can imagine it, I think people think it's going to be cheaper because it's a sedan rather than like a crossover SUV like the Ionic 5 is. I just don't think it'll be that much cheaper. It'll be in the same class. 40 is where I'd put it maybe as the lowest, um, which is still great. I still would like to see 30. But, you know, yeah. baby steps, getting closer. Yep. The CNET Cars article, we'll link in the description, has, like, all the information that is confirmed that we can possibly talk about. But they're saying it'll go on sale in the U.S. in 2023, next yeah. year. And the Ionic 7 that follows the year after will be back to an SUV again. That's a huge SUV, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, 
because of the drag coefficient on this, and let's assume it's the same battery pack and like base as the Ionic 5, do we think this will get more range? And if so, how much more range? Um, okay. Given the same drivetrain, I would say it'll get slightly more range. Assuming like, they didn't... An, let's say enough to uh, like drastically change the EPA rating on what they marketed as. It might have a different number, yeah. It might get a different rating. Like when I consider aero, like when I change wheels, for example, and I have different like aero caps or take the aero caps mm -hmm. off, like you can get a, a substantial difference in range. But I think um, things like shape of the car and the, the best drag coefficient versus like a decent drag coefficient might yeah. cost you like 5%, 5 okay. to 8%, let's say. So over 300 miles, that's 15 to 25 miles. Okay. So not dramatic, but I, like... I don't know anything okay. about the drag coefficient number and what is good, but the Ionic 5 is 0.288. Which is pretty good. Any, anything under 0.4 is pretty good. Anything under 0.3 is really good. Okay. And then the best of the best are like, the, the Lucid's 0.21. I think a Model S is 0.24. Okay. Same with Model 3. So like, yeah, 0.288, pretty low. So the Ionic 5 is all, already a really good coefficient. Yep. We're going to assume you're going to guess 15 miles. Something extra, like that. which yeah. then... That's EPA rating, which then probably is probably close. pretty close. Yeah. Okay. Um, I did want to say, uh, I thought this was really interesting. In one of the articles I saw, somebody brought up the Hyundai Prophecy, which was their concept car from 2020. Do you remember that? Never heard of that okay. name. I posted a link in here. I want to look at it because it kind of clearly seems like this is where that oh. concept car went to. Yeah. The Ionic 6 is what the Prophecy turned into. And it's just like the most perfect example of what we talk about when we say, be careful with concept cars because it doesn't look like that at the end. Yeah. This concept car is nuts. And it was two years ago. It's clearly what the six is, but oh like, look at the interior. The interior has like two, not even handles. Yeah. They're like handles that push forward and backwards and I'm guessing turn in and out. And those, that's, that's how you drive it. I know there's some, some confusion about whether Tesla's yoke was legal or not. I just, there's no way this is legal. Like this, this is, isn't even a wheel. This isn't even like, fighter jet this is like completely new it's like the air it's like the gunner inside of like a bomber or something like if i that. see this car with a student driver sticker on the back i assume <laughs> they will never learn how to drive I'll a regular never, car i'll never go on the wheel <laughs> road ever again it's nice. um but it's kind of, it's a cool looking car this is like the insanely futuristic but it has the same similar like spoiler in the back kind of that like yeah. squared off bottom after the spoiler and then the rounded front with the headlights it's more model three-ish i think um, look at the taillights on this thing, though. I love them. They're I love them. Incredible. You know what they remind me of? A real car. Say it correctly. A real car. Okay. The Bugatti Devo. Oh, never mind. That's not what I was thinking. Okay. If you look up the Bugatti Devo's taillights, well, and this so, is a real car that actually exists, it has basically this type of headlight, which is wild. So the, and now I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correct, I'm going to say Maybach. The taillights in that actually were, while they were inside the taillights, it had individual. So what this Hyundai has is, Oh yeah, it's kind of like a, almost like crystals coming out, and then those crystals have LEDs inside them and light up the crystals, which yeah. then inform turns into. I think a that's light. A sick. okay. That's a really sick. That is a yeah. sick. I mean, it's a five million dollar car, so like but, no one's ever going to see one. Yeah. But. The Maybach though had inside the taillights had those individual like yes. crystalisk stalagmite stalactites that like lit them. up, and I thought it looked really neat. Um, yeah. This is obviously the old concept that didn't actually happen, but it still looks really cool. And the like the spoiler has this weird like. LED waveform-esque looking thing on it. And Hyundai's like carved into the back with lights. But um, 
I guess my thought when I see all these concept cars is like each manufacturer, when they make a concept car, has an intention to get a different amount close to that car. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when Tesla rolls out a concept car, a lot of times their intention is to get as close to that as possible. The, the concept car Model S and the first one they ever shipped and the ones that shipped like to the masses right after that were very similar. Uh, the Porsche Mission E, when we saw that mm-hmm. concept car, it was pretty close to what we have as yeah, a Taycan now. Sure. And then we see like the CES concept cars, the Sony concept car, all these crazy ones. Yeah. And we know that there is no intention to match that on the road, but it will take some ideas and some shapes from that concept car yeah. into reality. This reminds me of kind of like, remember Mercedes did that one with like the giant LED oh, the, Tron wheels and stuff like that? Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is closer to that. The Mission E was like, skirting that line they it got the wheels like, yeah they got the wheels i like um, that yeah but I, I would highly suggest if you're listening to this on audio and not on video where we have the pictures to compare them like whenever we talk about concept cars not, like don't expect it to look like that look up the hyundai prophecy and now look up the ionic 6 and you can see the similarities but you can also see the grave grave differences of like we're expecting the jetsons future and like yeah. we are solidified in no door life. handles no yeah. mirrors no steering wheel the seats spin around so like, and face backwards. All I think that this stuff. has plaid LED seats. Yeah. It's Amazing. A good time. They should bring that in though. I would do that. <clears throat> um, but yeah, that's the Ionic 6. I'm really excited for it. We uh, want to take a guess on price. Let's say over under 40, 40. Over under 40? Yeah. I'm so going like over. Over? Yeah. So do you think like, uh, I, I think my optimistic is like 39. Nine nine, which that is basically is pretty 40. optimistic, especially yeah. today when or t- next year. I don't know. I feel like the car buying situation and the uh, supply MSRP, chain. MSRP, I should say. Even MSRP is like tough, just based on like how hard it is to build cars right now. I'm thinking under fifty, but over forty. You think it'll be more expensive than the five? The I think it'll five be around the same. Forty four. You think, think it'll just be same price? Yeah, yeah, something like I, that. I can. I think I'm forty percent at that <laughs> and sixty percent at like. Right at forty, or for like forty-two. Okay. We'll if, they, if they could go thirty-nine nine nine, though, then they can say it's under forty. Of course. Starting, and that's Which good marketing. Dope. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on it for next year. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We got to talk a bunch of Sony gaming stuff, but of course, before we do that, we got some trivia. So we're gonna change paths here a little bit. Okay. Which of the following desserts was not the name of a version of Android? Nougat, gumdrop, or honeycomb? Or nougat, if we're talking about pronouncing things. Nice. Okay. Is that how you pronounce that? I don't know. Some people say nougat. Uh, yeah, I think it's nougat. But I don't like them. Yeah. We'll Stop get listening back to, to our podcast. <laughs> BRB. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Support for this show comes from NetSuite, and that's exactly what NetSuite provides support. 
But what they really provide is support where you need it, because no one needs help where they don't need it. So NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor-made for your business. Help where you need it. NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash waveform. That's netsuite.com slash waveform, netsuite.com slash waveform. All right, welcome back. So let's do a little bit of a live first impressions, a little bit of a live waveform first look at some stuff. Yeah, we're like weirdly busy, but also it's the middle of the summer, but we have a lot of stuff going on in studio and main channel, but we also just an embargo dropped of this new Sony gaming. They're calling it the InZone line. It's a new brand. It's yeah, a new yeah. Sony gaming brand. Trust me when I say we have a lot of other stuff in the works, but I didn't get a chance to look at this stuff. So I've seen that the videos are out, the embargoes are mm-hmm. out. I haven't watched or seen any of it, but yeah, I yeah. know we have this stuff. Why don't you walk me through each of them and I'll give you my actual live, real first-time impressions. Okay. Um, Yeah, so pretty much they released a couple of gaming headsets and a new monitor. Um, I'm guessing, like I said, it's called the InZone line. I'm assuming this is similar to like Asus's ROG line or Logitech's G line. Yep. Um, And it makes a lot of sense, right? Sony does PlayStation. They do some PlayStation accessories. Sony also makes great headphones, some of the best ones some of our favorites, and they also make like, while not as popular, their TVs are incredible. Their displays tech is Bravia. great. Is that what it's called? Bravia. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, they have a Bravia line of TVs. I just know at CES, they're some of the ones I'm the most impressed about because oh, yeah. they have them in like a dark room and just these colors and everything look incredible. Their panels are great. Yeah, yes. their panels are fantastic. So let's um let's start headphones because I don't have the monitor here because setting it up at the podcast room would be kind of Fair. annoying, but I can tell you about that and we can discuss it because it's a very interesting monitor. Um, yeah. We have two of their new headsets. They're basically all the same though. So we're we're going to look at the H9. They have an H3, an H7, and an H9. Pretty much what it is is the H9 ha- is wireless and noise canceling. The mm-hmm. H7 is only wireless and the H9 is wired and no noise canceling. H3 is wired. H3, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, So it's, it. it's, they're just step down. Sure. Um, okay, so I'm going to hold this first pair. Explain and I'm what like, you think about them first. So which one is this, H9? Them. These are the H9s. We're going to look at those because they have everything. So, All right, so this is a, first of all, the aesthetic is very much like PlayStation. We yes. all know what the PS5 looks like. It's mm-hmm. black and white. It's very sleek and has like very gentle rounded curves and that's exactly what this pair of headphones looks like here. Um, it's very over ear, and these are some big cups. Look Huge at the cups. size of these. So, look at this. I'm gonna put it on. I've actually heard people try and compare them to the XM5s, and I don't really see it, to be honest. It's very. It's lightweight. They're big. And lightweight is, imp- is important. Like when they're huge headphones, you don't expect them to be lightweight, yes. but they're comfortable and light. So good. I do, they look a little bit, and maybe just because it's the design choice with white and black, the um, play, the Sony Pulse 3Ds, which are the PlayStation ones, which I didn't like at all. Mm. Um, they were like way more rigid. They were really light, but they kind of felt um, 
like really cheap, I think. And while I think this plastic's almost identical to those, since the the design and the whole package is like a little more sleek and a little, uh, I don't know, just like more put together and thinner. Yeah. And uh, it, it just feels sturdier with that same plastic that's light, which is nice to have on your head for a long time. Yep. If you're playing games for, for a long getting time. Getting sweaty playing some <laughs> yeah. intense games the, on the PS5. Ear cups are massive, which gives you a lot of room for your ears. Yep. It's super light, but also... Um, these remind me of like, uh, do you not see? Yes, they always have those like the ro- in the whole robot section. All the robots are like this glossy white, and they have giant heads. Mm-hmm. Like this looks like if a a CES robot was doing like lawn care and Wait, needed this, to protect its ears. This looks like an air traffic controller headset. Yeah, yeah. doesn't it? It does. It's huge. It's got the mic on the on the left side of the ear cup, so you can definitely talk to people. Um, but yeah, no, this is solid. How much? What is the price for the H nine? Uh, two ninety nine. Okay, it's pretty expensive. It's pretty expensive. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of go over what... So noise cancellation is not anything new in gaming headsets and wireless is not something new at all. Um, this does also have an ambient version, which I kind of wanted to talk about because I think ambient noise is kind of going to be the new selling point in gaming headsets. Um, the SteelSeries Arctic Nova Wireless Pros... Ugh, it's a very long name. They just came out. Everyone's obsessed with them. They're like two ninety nine. Is no, they might be three fifty or so. Um, but anyways, they have ambient now too. Um, I think that's going to be the new thing that we're going to see in all these top level gaming headsets. This is what we've started seeing in the everyday noise canceling headphones. More and more often, you need some mm-hmm. sort of transparency mode. If you're going to wear these outside, yes, if they're going to be versatile. You need to be able to hear stuff around you. In a gaming headset, wow, there's definitely a pun in here somewhere. So you're playing a game, mm-hmm. you're, you've got the noise cancellation on, you're in the zone, right? Mm-hmm. In the zone, get it? I didn't make that connection before. <laughs> you're but in the thank zone. Um, but then you you check your watch and you realize, oh, it's probably going to be time to eat or something. My Uber Eats gonna, is getting here because yeah, I can't get doorbell, out of my gaming chair. My yeah. doorbell might ring, whatever. So I need to just turn on transparency mode and hear other things. Then I'll, I need that feature. It's a useful feature. It's something I think is important. I wear open back an open back headset. I use the Sennheiser Game Ones, which I'm still obsessed with. Um, but if you're living with somebody, it's really nice to have transparency or open back like that because if they're trying to get your attention and you can't hear them, it's going to come down to them tapping you on the shoulder and it's going to scare the ever loving <laughs> shit out of you. Like it is terrifying when you're really into a game and someone comes up behind you and like taps you on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. So especially if it's a certain game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, if you're playing like a horror game, have you ever seen the videos of like the yes. kid, the guy's like little kid comes up while he's playing a horror he game loses and he it. starts screaming? Yeah. yeah. If you had uh, open back, that would never happen to you. Exactly. So yeah. I, I do think that's but cool. But you'd also never be in the zone because you'd never have the cancellation. Well, you have a button to get into the zone. They should call it the end zone button. They shouldn't call it noise canceling. But um, the, the active noise canceling is pretty solid on this. When nothing's playing you can hear voices pretty easily, which I didn't love. But if you have music or some sound going on, like, it's pretty good. It's pretty similar to the XM5s or the XM line in general, which we can only assume they're very similar, like, in a lot of cases. So some of these companies, like, you know, you wonder how much the departments talk to each other. I wouldn't be shocked if a lot of the same pieces and the same technologies are Mm -hmm. shared between these. I mean, it's a separate brand. It's got a similar feel, despite looking a bit different. Like, all the padding is similar. Very soft. They they both, they sound fantastic. I think they sound really, really good. Um, Do you want to do a 
Do you want to listen to something on them? Oh, is it paired to Let something me, right now? Yeah, I can pair it yeah, to sure. something before I turn it on. I do think they sound really good. They get stupid loud. Like, okay. Oh, they light up. Yeah. The, I yeah, I that. think that's really nice, actually. Same thing like, with the PS5. It lights up somewhere around the glossy ring, plastic yeah. with the blue ring. So there oh. is a, um, you'll see there's an, a noise-canceling ambient button. It actually has three modes, and I'm a little confused because it doesn't list online what it's it is exactly. Like noise-canceling off and transparent. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's There's like an off in between. Okay. Um, let's see. I really look like I'm about to launch a fighter pilot. Uh while also playing PlayStation 5. Yeah. Is this the dongle? Yes. Okay. Which USB-A dongle. USB-A dongle, but um, does this come with... I don't know. Uh, the, most gaming headsets do this because Bluetooth... You use it 2.4 gigahertz wireless rather than Bluetooth, so you don't have any latency. But let's uh, let's play this. You can describe okay. to us what it's like. So right now, transparency mode is on, so it sounds like a normal set of headphones. I'm going to hit the button... Now it's off, and one more time. That was good. I'm in the zone right are, now. Are you in the zone? I can't Can you tell hear what me you're at saying? all. This is always the time where I just debate if I want to pretend that I'm talking or actually the, talk. The, so the volume's not even I'm, that loud, and I can't hear. Crank it. Crank it all the crank way. Crank it. It's loud. I can hear it in my headphones. This is, Marquez is just, if for audio listeners, he's just sitting next to the microphone like normal and you can hear it coming through. These things get loud. Yeah, this is good. This is really good, it's really right? good. Yeah, I mean, obviously I know what the, the Mark V sound like. These do sound different. They sound um, actually a little bit wider in soundstage, which is interesting. Okay. Uh, not as much mid-bass like, they have bass, but they do sound tinnier than the Mark... Well, they sound tinnier than some other headphones I've, okay. I've listened to. But very good noise cancellation. It, once you've got very something good. going, and, I mean, with the volume it can go out, who needs noise cancellation because you're just blowing your eardrums That's out anyways. True. But um, do you want to know something they do do that the XM5s do not do? What? Oh, they actually fold the they right way. They fold the correct they way twist. into your chest. Sorry, they don't fold, but they do they, twist. Yeah, yeah, sorry, they... Yeah. So they twist so they're flat on your chest and sits nicely on your... So you know when you have to, like, take your headset off and yell at mom to bring you lunch or pot pizza rolls or something like that. Like, it, it's nice and comfy here when you have to take it off. And then you can put it back on so you never have to listen to your mom again. So yeah, turn the noise cancellation on. <laughs> yeah. Get back um, in the zone. I yeah. kind of dig these. Solid. As long as no one sees me wearing them, I don't love how they look. But, you know... Yeah. That's fine. I went out and spent a lot of money on speakers for my gaming setup at home, so I wouldn't buy headphones for gaming. Yeah. But if I was doing like PC gaming, which these are also great for. Well, that's what's cool about these is they have a dongle that can connect to your PS5 or your PC, whereas yeah. all of Sony's stuff before was clearly for the PS5. This mm -hmm. is getting into the PC world of things, and I think that's really sure. awesome. Wearing headphones for like a lot of PC gaming is like really important because if you have to listen for like footsteps or something like in a lot of more competitive things that's it, what you for. need to use headphones yeah, yeah. and uh, I feel like that's also good for when you have noise cancellation which these H9s do you can turn the volume down but you can still hear a bunch of the small like footsteps and rustling and stuff because it is so good noise cancellation's on and while without destroying your ears because you just have the volume up really yeah. loud which we all are going to do anyways but or, and you can do with these um yeah, cool. I really dig these. Two ninety nine is pretty expensive, but we're getting to that point. Um, if you're okay without noise cancellation, the H sevens are wireless; don't have them. 
And if you really don't care about anything, um, uh, H7s are 229, but then the H3s yeah. wired, no noise cancellation are nine are a hundred bucks. Okay. I think that's a solid deal. If you and, just are they some, built the same? Like they're comfortable with yeah. the same exactly. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's probably what I'd recommend to people who I'm don't assuming need it. that I actually haven't even opened this box, but you know, let's just check real quick for live unboxing. Live unboxing. You know, just I'm definitely doing just as good of a job as you would do. <laughs> I'm definitely not rushing and ripping the box or anything. Casey style. Ooh, wait. These are a little different. Oh, just kidding. Oh, wait, what? You gotta take the cardboard off. No, just kidding. So they're both a little These different. These are different. Yeah. I'm just breaking everything. I was not meant to be a reviewer. These, I kind of like these ear cuffs better. They're like cloth. I like cloth better. Hmm. All right, just kidding. These are quite a bit different. Not in a bad way but they don't light up the way the ear cups are connected are totally different the ear the foam pads are totally different you still have your volume control the microphone's yeah. a bit flimsier it's black instead of white it's black instead of white still has that ps5 vibe to it but definitely okay yeah there it is all right the chances are these will be available at like best i don't know for sure but like I always tell people with a lot of gaming stuff, especially like mice keyboard, is get something that feels best for you because most of them perform pretty similarly. Like especially a mouse or something, run to a Best Buy and try it out real quick. Put your hand on it it's, or you know, order from Amazon and then you can just return it. Uh, I'd probably rather go to the store and try it out, but yeah, yeah. Um, I think these are pretty cool. Uh, let's talk about the monitor real quick, which yeah, will be yeah. a, a much shorter one because it's a monitor and... Um, we can't have it right in front of us, but it is super interesting. Um, it looks very cool. Yes. I, I see the uh, the new aesthetic. It's it's also black and white. has a similar PS5 uh, design to it, mm -hmm. so it looks like it could easily literally go next to a PS5 on a, like a college dorm desk if you wanted it to. Yes. But it is a normal monitor you can use with any PC. It is, and but the stand is also pretty unique, and rather as a flat base that we see most stands with, it actually has like a tripod system. Yeah, and then even what's different about that is the two legs that are next to each other are in the back, and it's got one leg facing forward towards you, mm -hmm. and that's the leg that the monitor is actually on. Right, um, and because of that, the slide up and down feature, rather than just going up and down in height, it comes forward as well. Is that a good thing? Yeah, or is that let me, I need to show you, I guess, because there now are you, people who play like that. And right. people who play like that are usually playing very competitive games and their face is like inches from the so, monitor. So when the monitor is higher up, it's also further from you. And when the monitor is down at the bottom of the stand, it's closer it to you. It can be right there. There are a lot of people and this also, it's probably terrible posture as well, but um, they'll play with a monitor essentially rather than directly in front of their eyesight it's down and tilted up, so they're looking down at it, and then they have their hands spread really wide around it. Hmm. I know it sounds crazy, but so, there are a lot, a lot of people who play like this. I pro mean, gamer ergonomics. Oh, okay, I'm chill, not bro. You're gonna kidding? Like, uh, these people look like their nose is like touching the screen, pretty much. I got the immediate instinct <laughs> to say something a parent would probably say. You're gonna burn your ass, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There just are a lot of a lot of people who play like that. And I think this monitor wow. default gives you a, a possibility to do that, which might be interesting. Um, 
Let's go over. <laughs> that was the stand, just the stand though. Um, the specs on it are pretty awesome. 4K, 144 hertz, 27 inches, G-Syncs, HDR, 600 IPS. It's like this thing. It's kind. Of, it's a beast. It's it's a great monitor. Um, yeah, I think it looks fantastic. 144 hertz is amazing, especially when you're going 4K. So okay, like yeah. the way I see this is. There are a lot of people who prefer different things if you only play one type of game. If you're a competitive type of, you only care, you don't care about resolution, you care about uh, refresh rate. Mm -hmm. So, like, I have a 280 hertz 1080p monitor, 24 inch. So, that's like, if I were to play something, uh, why do I always, if I wanted to play something like uh, one of the new single player games or that's like super visually immersive, my monitor would suck for it, but I'm right. playing Valorant. So all I can, I play low settings on a cartoon game and it's just like <laughs> as many frames as possible. Could you tell, this is a random question, could you tell the difference? Like how far from 280 hertz could you go before noticing that it's like, can you tell 165 versus 280? No, I could not. I guarantee you I could not tell. It's just like the newer ones at 1080, 24 inches, which is what I like is... They're just like, they're not that expensive anymore. So to me, like getting the higher refresh rate and having a lower chance of it ever spiking under that is just what I'm going to go for. There are people out there who can. I'm sure those top 0.5% of professional esports players or like, you know. They're so calibrated they could tell. They could tell. 240 from 280, sure. Which is, I think, a reason why this is cool because 144 hertz is kind of was the standard for a while it's really great but you also get 4k so like if you want to take this monitor and play a competitive game at, at 144 mm-hmm. and bump the resolution down so you don't sacrifice your frames you can yeah. do that with this but you also can put in a game that's in 4k and has great resolutions and maybe you only play that at 60 but then you know forza you're playing that and it still looks fantastic 27 inch is kind of that middle ground between 24 and 32, which are the standard. I always think of 32 yeah. as the immersive one and 24 as the competitive one. And, and hey, if you ever need to use a monitor for other things other than gaming, you yeah. now have a 4K 27-inch monitor. So yeah, that's th- pretty nice. I think where I come down to this is it feels like a monitor that's like capable of doing both ends of the spectrum. Sure. And you know maybe jack of all trades, master of none, but it's really good in between. And yeah. uh, like I think there are people who do play both types of games and would really, really like this. Um, I have one caveat of why I don't love the stand. Okay. If you're someone who uses a desk mat, because Mm -hmm. the front foot faces forward, if you're using a desk mat that goes between your mouse and your keyboard and has some extra space, the minute that thing's kind of like on a desk mat, because of the surface area is so small, it wobbles. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're... If you don't have like a full desk mat where all three feet are on it Mm -hmm. um, and only the front foot's on it, it's wobbly. So you got to either put it too far away or too close to you to get rid of the wobble. To get all the legs on the desk mat? Yeah, I would prefer it to be on hard. So get them all off the desk desk mat. I would prefer it to be all off that, which you could Mm -hmm. just be get a huge mouse pad and don't have a a mat under your keyboard, which a lot of people do. But uh, I don't know. Very nitpicky. It wouldn't work. I would put it on an arm immediately. And then you kind of lose the fun. Alternate version, get some scissors and cut a little notch out of the top of your uh, mouse pad. <laughs> they should pad. sell a mouse pad that has yep. with the end zone notch. Cut out. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, uh, price for that $8.99. I don't want to go too long on this, but um, I, I used it for like a week. I've tried it on Valorant. I've tried it on 
you know, I put No Man's Sky on it. I played No Man's Sky for a little bit. Um, yeah. Maybe I'll get into that. It looked beautiful. It's it's a really, really nice looking monitor. I think it looks amazing in like a setup for if you care more about the picture of your setup than you looking. do about actually looking yeah. at it. It's a fantastic looking monitor. Sweet. Well, we do have to take another break, but when we come back, we're going to talk all about Tesla's enhanced autopilot versus regular autopilot versus just self-driving or whatever they're calling the stuff. Mm-hmm. But we got to take a, a little bit of a trivia question too before mm-hmm. we go. So this one is a little bit difficult. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Who founded YouTube? There are three founders. You get one point for each. That's definitely a tough one. Founded. I think I know one. Okay. That's more than me. We'll find out. I'm going to embarrass myself. After the break. After the break. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI-powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI Power Gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is going to change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization. I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution. Like you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on. Hey, it's Tom Warren, senior editor at The Verge here. Microsoft is in an era-defining moment. It's betting on AI as the future of work, its Xbox business is going through transformational changes, and the Mac versus PC war is about to be back on. So, I'm launching a newsletter called Notepad. It'll be your inside guide to all those changes and beyond. From details on the next Xbox, to that one time every Microsoft employee named Michael appeared on a mysterious email list. Whatever is happening at Microsoft, you'll be able to read about it first in Notepad every Thursday. Go subscribe now at theverge.com forward slash notepad. Welcome back. I I saw something in the headline in a headline um, about 
I think it actually started on Twitter. Someone told Elon Musk that they should sell Enhanced Autopilot for $6,000 as a middle step between, I guess, a stock car and full self-driving. Mm-hmm. To, to start this off, I need you to help me kind of understand what the difference between all of these are because yeah, the yeah, naming yeah. is impossible. I even tried to look it up on Tesla's website and it was a tad confusing. Um, so what I got was all the cars have autopilot. Mm-hmm. Then there is now at least, and there used to be enhanced autopilot. Uh-huh. And now there's also the full self-driving and that's beta. Uh-huh. And, but at what point did... Oh, man. I'm even having a hard time just explaining what I'm trying to get explained to me. The worst part about this is that all of this changes all the time, okay. especially how much the things cost and whether or not you can get them. Um, yes. But I can try to break down in simple terms what each thing is. It's sort of like three levels. Okay. Three levels to it. Let's start. This might help me. Uh-huh. What do you, do you have any of it on your car, your car right now? I have enhanced autopilot. You have enhanced autopilot on your current Model S. Yes. And was that something you had to pay for? Yes. How much was that? I think it was $10,000 when I bought the car. So, but but that gives you full self-driving as well if you can get into it. You just don't have it now. You have the full Correct. self-driving capability. I paid for everything, including full self-driving. Okay. I only have an enhanced okay. autopilot. And when you were buying that at that time, there were only two options. There was nothing, which I think they can cons- they still considered that cruise control and lane You key. still get that, yeah. That is the base model. Yep. But when you paid for it, you only had add nothing or you get enhanced autopilot and full self-driving. Right. Okay. Now they're splitting a tier into there. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, maybe it's just about how much trust you have in the system. So you can sort of yeah. upgrade halfway. Maybe you don't want full self-driving, but I can, here, here's what, here's what it sure. is. Yeah, so please. every single car has what's called autopilot. They all have the hardware for it. Mm-hmm. It is a terrible name. Awful. It is not what autopilot is. No, no, no. Um, ignoring what autopilot actually is in like an airplane or something like that. Uh, what Tesla calls it is just basically normal uh, lane keep and traffic aware cruise control. Yeah. So not just like keeping you at 60 miles an hour in the lane, but if someone cuts in front of you, it slows down, mm-hmm. it speeds back up, and it holds your lane. So auto steer. So on a highway, it's cool for like relaxing. You can take your hand off the wheel yeah. once in a while. It'll follow the lanes. Fine. It, it, That's normal. I feel like it helps like fight fatigue a little bit. Like it, yeah. if you're taking a long trip and you can just have that cruise control and helping with lane assist, you still yeah. have to be, you know, eyes on the road. You still have to be paying attention. All of these, you still have to be doing that. But that helps yeah. like keep your, be a little less uh, mentally fatigued. I like it for stop and go traffic. That's mainly True. when I use it. I don't really use it that much, but when I am in stop and go, like move up a hundred yards, slow mm-hmm. down, move up another hundred yards. Yeah, this is, yeah. that's great for that. A lot of cars have that. Cool. Dumb name. Then, yeah. then there is enhanced autopilot, okay. which is uh, everything that I've been able to enjoy so far because I don't have the full stuff driving beta. Yes. But this is a little bit more advanced. This has uh, features like summon, uh, auto park, which can, you can pull up next to a spot mm-hmm. and hit hold down the park button. It'll parallel park in a spot for you, which is cool, uh, or perpendicular park. Um, and auto lane change. So you put your blinker on on the highway and it'll change lanes for you and then turn okay. the blinker off. And then navigate on autopilot will take you basically to the end of an exit ramp and then go ding, ding, take the wheel. So it'll it'll get you off of a highway or onto a highway, but then it won't do city streets or suburban streets or anything like that. Okay. So it's a little bit more than just highway driving. Okay. Then there's what you see all that, the headlines about, 
um, which is people testing full self-driving. Maybe that's actually aptly named because basically it should be able to take you from point A to point B by itself. Yeah. It'll pull out of a parking lot onto a suburban or a city street. It'll stop at stop signs, stop lights, all traffic control devices basically, uh, and take you all the way to your destination. So that's full self-driving. While I have paid for it, I don't have it because it is yeah. in beta and it has been for years. And the only way in right now is I think to have a safety score of like 97 or better. I thought it went to down divided. to like maybe a little less, but still that is a hard safety score. I'm not get. getting in. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. That clears things up a little bit. So I guess the reason, while a lot of people probably know that, especially people listening to this podcast, I'm trying to figure out because I've seen some people who on Reddit and on Twitter, mostly Quinn, we all love some yeah. Quinn rants, yeah. um, saying that this middle price now of enhanced autopilot seems kind of ridiculous. And I, I'm trying to figure out why, because I agree and don't agree with it at the same time. I think it's a weird spot. I, I think it's funny because a lot of high-end cars and high-tech cars have a lot of these features already, and you're not going to go pay extra for them. Yeah. So, you know, just traffic wire cruise control, that's kind of a given in a new a car. Any car has that. A new car yeah. has that, yeah. right? In a new higher-end car, auto park is a increasingly common feature. Yes. Right? You can frequently have lane changes or things like My that. My car does blinker-assisted. Uh, is that, is that what you call it? The Mach-E does that. Yeah. yeah. Blinker-assist, you turn it on, it changes it's lanes not for great. you. I, I, I will fully agree that the Tesla version is going to be far better than a Subaru right. or something like that. But the, a lot of these lower-end cars are having stuff like that. The, the uh, right. Traffic aware, cruise control, right. lane keep, lane changing with blinker. But it doesn't cost a ton more to it. doesn't get cost it. anything, actually. It's usually stock. Yeah. So I understand the request from people to go, look, I don't want full self-driving. I don't think that is coming out of beta anytime soon. I don't want to have to pay 10 grand or whatever it is to get that. Mm -hmm. But I do want summon. Yeah. Or I do want like to just be able to exit a highway or to just have the lane change stuff. Like, I just want that. Yeah. I don't want to have to pay $10,000 for that. So just give us a tier halfway to full self-driving where I get the advanced or enhanced autopilot features. I'm doing air quotes for audio listeners, uh -huh. but not all the way. So I get that request. The price is, I don't know how much is it, like six it's grand? Six is that grand. what it is? That's it's a six grand. Lot. It is full self-driving 12 now? Some, probably something I like that. I think it's like 12. So it's yeah. half the price. I think where I agree with this where I with agree that it should cost more money is the things that seem to be super unique are Smart Summon. I don't know any Summon's other car good. that's doing that. Yeah. The tra the traffic or the the navigation based. I don't know how like how often do you use that or do you use it very often? Personally, I almost never use it. I really so personally, I only really use like stop and go traffic cruise okay. control. Other than that, like I tried Smart Summon once in a parking lot. I think it was actually okay. You might have been there. This was a, uh, or maybe not. It was an overnight tournament oh. for frisbee, and we oh, came no, outside, and it was pouring rain. And so everyone's like zombieing out of this like dome, you know, uh -huh. leaving a frisbee tournament. It's it's four in the morning. It's pouring rain, and I go, you know what? I'm gonna summon my car over here. And I, I hit the summon button, I hold it down, but it's at the same time as like 15 other cars all leaving the parking lot, and it was embarrassingly bad. It didn't make it okay. to me. I just gave up and walked through the rain into the... My car was in the middle of a parking lot just with the hazards on, like not not okay. doing anything. So Smart Summon is probably cool when it works sometimes. I've seen some great viral videos where it works perfectly. We've had... we. 
Do you remember when we smart summoned your car and Brandon's car at the same time? Parallel they almost two, crashed into each other. They almost just like drove into each other. Because yeah. they were both going to get you. What were they? But one they went too line. far and then started backing up and the other was still coming forward. Yeah. And then they, I think both of you guys just hit the stop button. Just released, yeah. Okay, so like uh, auto lane change, I, I feel like should just be on regular autopilot. We're seeing most cars with that at Pretty this simple. point. I agree. Um, navigate on autopilot, I'm... It's not I, even that much. It doesn't seem like it if just, it's just getting you on the exit. I guess it's good if you're like the only. I can say it's good if you're not paying attention to your GPS, but you yeah. should be paying attention to your That's GPS. That's exactly what it is. You'll be in like the middle lane, and you have your exit coming up in one mile, and it'll just go. I'm gonna get you over now, and it puts the blinker on and changes lanes and gets you to the exit ramp, and then takes the exit ramp. And while you're on the ramp, it goes. All right, time for you to take over. So if you're really not paying attention, it'll get you there, but like. If you're a mile from your exit, usually the habit is what? Just turn off autopilot yeah. and drive over to your right side. If it if you're going, if you're taking an exit off a highway onto another highway, will it merge onto the next highway and continue? Uh, I've never had to do that. It always stops during the ramp okay. for me. I've, that sounds like the safe. Ramps are yeah. kind of terrifying sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just the way other people drive on them. So like that doesn't seem that crazy to me. Auto park, that's definitely not super common yet but like you said it is becoming more common um and then summon smart summon kind of a party trick yeah kind of a party i trick. don't want to say gimmick but it feels pretty gimmick as someone who has the feature and has observed exactly how good it is i f i would not pay for it yeah so yeah. now you take that list of what i just said because those are the enhanced autopilots whereas yeah. traffic aware cruise control and auto steer are things that just are on stock stock do you pay six thousand dollars for that no. Yeah. I have a really, really hard time thinking yeah. of someone who would pay six grand for that. I already paid for full self-driving and I hope to someday get in. That yeah. would be cool. And I think I would actually use that occasionally. I think there'd be, you know, a very limited number of times, but a small number of times where I'm just like, eh, I don't really feel like driving. By the way, it's a fun car to drive. I like driving. So yeah. I don't actually use this stuff that much. But as someone on the bleeding edge, I'm like, yeah, let's see what it does. I want to oh. see if it'll work. And I would do it once in a while. If I could spend twelve grand right now for my car to drive me from my house to work every day, I have yeah. a pretty long commute. That's not fun. It's just a straight line. I would yeah. pay that in an instant if it worked perfectly and I could literally disengage completely. Yep. That's not what it is yet. Yeah. Um, but so do you think though, at six grand, let's say we're not paying it, do you think these things in enhanced autopilot should be brought down to the stock free version or should they just be kept in full self-driving? Yeah, so this is this is a question I would have a very different answer from Tesla. Uh, I think they should be included for free. I do too. And I think Tesla has a habit of, yeah, charging more for extra things. So they know that people will buy the car without it for a certain price, so they're mm -hmm. not going to include it for free. Um, so yeah, I think, I think adding this middle tier makes sense. I'm not surprised that they agreed to charge more for stuff that well, should be free. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's... Uh, it's a, it's again, it's a small list of things, and maybe you find one or two things there that you really think would help your commute or something like that. But I would I would go all or nothing. Yeah, and I think the reason why they're doing this middle tier and not leaving it as like the free option, because actually, I guess I don't even know why they're doing the middle tier for. But the full right now FSD, like what they say they're offering, is basically just it says traffic and stoplight control in beta, and then the Auto steer on streets is still considered upcoming. So like, yeah. there's not a lot to offer there. Before the package kind of included all those other things and bundled with 
the promise of what's coming, it felt better. But right now, I think if all of those things were free and the $12,000 just meant stop signs and upcoming auto like streets, that feels like a way harder sell. Although they're still selling a ton of it, which always surprises me for a beta. Yeah, basically Tesla just did the math and sees that Look, there is some non-zero number of people who is not buying the full self-driving thing because they're not getting full self-driving. So if we can get more money out of those people for a couple other features, we'll get that money out of those people for a couple of features. Yeah, I don't love it. I feel like if they offered it for free, the cars are pretty expensive already. Like, If they offered those, that's just one more thing that's... Because we can all agree that theirs, theirs is some of the best... like radar camera being able to actually do like adaptive cruise control or traffic aware cruise control and all that stuff. They're really, really good at it. And all the other cars are catching up to that. Leave that as your base model. And I feel like that's just such a better selling point because now the EV market is coming for you. Yeah. You're way far ahead on that front than you are. If you work for Tesla, then do you bump the price of the car up six thousand dollars and make they it did. included for every car? But do you bump it up again since it's a new tier, or do you just leave it as an optional add-on for people? If I'm Tesla, hell yeah, I bump it up and I make that money. <laughs> if I'm me, no, I feel like yeah. you're already at a price point where you're comparing yourself to other things that are beneficiary to the like legacy car manufacturer of like better quality interiors and such. Differentiate, differentiate yourself. You're the tech car. Yep. You've got all of these really cool, closer to self-driving features. Definitely not autopilot because we all agree that's a terrible name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I see where Quinn's coming from. I love Quinn so much. Yeah, I see where he's tweets. coming from. Appreciate the tweets, Quinn. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's about time to figure out what the trivia answers were. I don't know the second one. I'm just going to say that right now. Okay, but cool. let's see. Let's, let's Maybe see. Maybe a chance. First one, I think I know. All right. So the score right now, Marquez 13, oh, yeah. Andrew 7. First question. Which of the following desserts was not the name of a version of Android? Nougat, gumdrop, or honeycomb? Yes. I'm going to answer first because I know Marquez knows this. Yeah. I'm I trying to think. think it's gumdrop. Yeah. I'm trying to think what G was now. Um, Okay, so B, cupcake, donut, eclair, froyo, gingerbread, honeycomb, ice cream sandwich, jelly, ice cream sandwich, jelly bean, Kit Kat, L, Android L. Then it was just L. It wasn't lollipop? Oh, it was lollipop. Lollipop, yeah. Lollipop. Um... Yeah, gumdrop would be M. a great one though. Yeah, it was gingerbread. Anyway, yeah, yeah wait, it was what did you say for G? Gum, gingerbread. Gingerbread. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. then you, that confirms it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was gumdrop. Yeah, was yeah. Right, cool. We, we got right. that Correct. one. We got. So we went way further than we needed to. <laughs> I there. just felt like flexing a little. Flex. Bit. I don't yeah. know why I still know. I could also say pi to twelve digits. <laughs> Three point one four. <laughs> well, time to flex again. Who founded YouTube? I really don't know. Okay, I feel like I remember someone here recently saying. And this is going to be really embarrassing if I'm wrong. But I remember them saying that Susan created YouTube in her garage, just like a bunch of the other garage stories out okay. there. So so I 
think maybe she might be one of the three, but that's like such an obvious guess because she's currently a she CEO. She is a CEO. And the story that I think I'm remembering is that she was working for Google and they asked to use her garage to start YouTube. And then they oh. did. And then she eventually, she, I don't know how quickly, but she became the CEO shortly thereafter. So if that counts as yeah. her helping to found it, I think I would just put her as the only one that I know is involved at the beginning. Is it just other Google names? Is it Sergey Brin and Larry Page? I don't know. Nope. Who is it? Giving up? Yeah. Chad Hurley. Oh, yeah. I knew that. <laughs> I knew that. Steve Chen and Jawad Kareem. So Jawad is the one who uploaded the first video with him at the zoo. Jawad. Oh, the that's, zoo okay, guy. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know he was a founder, to be honest. Yep. I Actually, I feel like them. I have heard that because he made... Oh man, I don't know what the event happened was, but he changed his. Um, he changed the description of, of the, the video. video. So he it's like called uses, me at the zoo. Yeah, and yeah. he sometimes uses the description to make statements. Mm -hmm. about and YouTube. I remember a article coming out that was like founder of YouTube makes yeah. statement through this. Okay, I don't even think he's involved in YouTube anymore. I just know he's a founder. So if he thinks something is different about YouTube, then it's yeah. a good headline. Yes, I forgot he was the he was a founder. Okay, yeah. that's cool. I did know Chad Hurley. I want to say he follows me on Twitter, actually. Yeah, the only one I didn't know, like, for sure was Steve Chen. Same, same. But, yeah. Well, shout Poor out to Steve. them. Sorry, Susan. I thought you were one of the founders. I was wrong. But I think it was in your garage. Wait, so Susan got to become CEO because, yo, I thought that I was got a, a garage, if any. I don't know if that's a because, <laughs> but it <laughs> no, is. No, I'm sure she's very qualified yeah. and there's actually reasons why. But, yeah. I mean, like, if any big tech companies want to use your garage, I got you. <laughs> I Have you seen you. the garages out there? Mine's probably bigger than those. Though it's like it's not very big, but I bet you it's bigger than some of those. Ones a lot out of those there. are like a very small house, and then the garage is most of the square footage. Yeah, and it's literally an office. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So I got we both got one and both missed the other yep, one. Yep. So final score: Marquez fourteen, Andrew ten. Not bad. Are we resetting this or are we just going to keep going? I was saying that we should have set this is reset it for July and like have this be like a final trivia showdown. When did we start uh, this? This is like... <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of points. Do you know what? Next week, let's do the back half of the podcast. Give us a bunch of trivia questions and we'll settle this once and for challenge all. Challenge accepted. We'll finish the first half of 2022 trivia challenge. I'm super down. We'll wrap her up. Dope. Looking forward to that. Cool. cool. Sick. All right. Well, until the next time, Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Catch you guys later. Peace. <laughs> Waveform is produced by Adam Molina and Ellis Rovin. We are partnered with Vox Media and our intro music was created by Vane Silk.